When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. $2 late fee. You have one new message. Hey, Zach, Dustin, uh, Rick Kane here from the North Shore. Listen, I'm in New York City. I finally finished art school. I know it's been forever, but uh, I'd like to go back to Hawaii. I was hoping you guys might um, hook me up with a plane ticket because, you know, I know that the podcast is just blown up and you guys are super famous and rich. So I was hoping maybe you guys could help me out. Let me know. Call me back. Bye. Before there was IMDB.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Alrighty, Broheim. We are here once again for a very special episode. This is, uh, I'm excited about today because this is the first time where we are actually uh, doing a little bit of like a best of, but not in a clip show way, just like this is like a, like a best of rerun that we are uh, highlighting today. Um, this is, uh, I, I can say quite confidently, and I, I will not pull any punches, this is my, today's my favorite interview that we've we've ever done. Yeah, from the opening, you obviously know that today's interview is with Matt Adler, the one we did a little while back, but this was one that we wanted to re-air to remind people of how good it is, and that you can listen to these interviews more than once. Don't just give it a one-off. And... You and I were both saying we should record a new intro for this because we have a lot of new things coming up that we want to talk to everybody about, clearly. And clearly. And we chose this one because hell, it's it's one of our personal faves. Yeah, Matt Adler is uh a rock star. Not literally, but he is a wonderful, wonderful guest. Um when we had him on, I think it was about a year ago, we obviously, we talked about North Shore. We talked about Teen Wolf. 
we talked about Whitewater Summer, which is a $2 late fee, uh, absolute favorite. You know, we, we always kind of hashtag that one where it's like special because it's got a great soundtrack and a great cast. Um, and we, uh, yeah, we, we also ran down the, uh, the nuances of that film prior to when the interview originally aired. It's, I just, I love, I love this interview so much. I, I know I keep saying that. I don't. I just want to kind of get to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I want to get to it too. And and I was saying to to you offline that this is the closest people are going to get to a North Shore Part Two. And I'm, I just I just I like the fact that we are now a part of the North Shore universe. That's <laughs> a that's a really good point. That's a really good point. You, not many people can say that Rick Kane left a message on their answering machine. Asking uh, for cash. People, yeah. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, and we also have uh, some very exciting things on the horizon. We are launching the official $2 late fee uh, Patreon page in the in the coming months, uh, probably, yeah, well, next month. And we're going to have a lot of really exclusive offerings. So just wanted to kind of run down uh, a few of those things for you guys right now um, because we really appreciate I mean, I think the number one thing is we, we really appreciate your support. We've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half now. It's been incredible. Um, it's been incredible not only, you know, for us doing it, I think, creatively, but also to see uh, how everyone has responded to it. You realize so many people also love the movies and the characters and the actors that we love so dearly and it's just been a really cool journey to do this it has and 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 you know one of the reasons why we want to do this patreon is obviously these shows aren't free you know for us we, we put a lot of time and energy and personal finances into the shows to make them the best possible and so we were thinking well what is a cool way to basically you know ask for money because that's what patreon is right Right. But do it in a way that is going to give something back so people don't feel like they're just throwing money away. Like, what's that thing that they're going to go, oh, yeah, this is totally worth it. Well, Dustin and I sat down and put our brains together with our memory banks and tried to come up with some really solid incentives for everyone to join Patreon. And hopefully uh, it sounds great to you and you're like, yeah, I'll pitch in. If not, that's all good, too. The fact that you just simply listen to the show and enjoy it and engage with us in social media is fantastic, and we love that. But this is just something extra. You know, everyone's doing Patreon. Everyone has a Patreon page. So what makes ours so different? Well, we're going to tell you. Yeah, um, as a little bit of a sampler right now, we're going to have uh, multiple tiers in which you can join up. But the, uh, the, the biggest thing will be a lot of, a lot of cool bonus content. $2 Late Fee is a podcast that is born on the name of the late fee that one would pay generally when you returned your video late to the store. So one of our first offerings will be Tales from the Video Store, where you'll hear, because Zach and I both worked at video stores, we've got a lot of a lot of tales ourselves, and so it'll be Tales from Us, Tales from special guests. Well, we'll have to have Keith Coogan back on and talk about his time at the video store. Right, absolutely. I mean, Keith Coogan... <laughs> And, um, you know, speaking of our celebrity guests, we do a segment called $2 Six Questions. That it will be a Patreon exclusive. You will hear that only here uh, on a certain tier. And, um, and you will also be able to ask those questions or submit, submit those questions uh, for us to ask. And then, um, and then some other bonus things. What else we got? One that's very near and dear to our hearts is that famous mix CD. 
that everyone has enjoyed mm -hmm. that we sent out uh, way back when. Well, here's the deal. If you sign up for Patreon, you're not going to get one mix CD, but every few months, probably about six, you'll get a curated 10-song disc uh, of some great tunes from a bygone era that we all love to talk about. It is, it is a great... You do... Zach, for those that might not know, Zach does the best mix CD. It's almost like you're kind of taken back to a time maybe when, like, you know, he had a crush on you and wanted to tell you in through song. You're going to get that. Um, my wife can attest to the mix CDs that I've made her, that they're really damn good. And for all you... I mean, that's how you got it, right? That's how you asked her out. It's one of the ways. Yeah. <laughs> and so these CDs will have songs clips from the movie, trailers, a little grab bag, if you will, of fun. And it's going to be something that's very unique to the show, and you're going to love it. And that's definitely one of our favorite tiers to, to throw out there. I mean, those three things alone, the Tales from the Video Store, $2, six questions, mix CD, at different tiers, I think those are a slam dunk. But we also have other stuff, too. We have other stuff, too, yeah. We'll have... Uh... What Does Dustin Know? A fun trivia game uh, related to the year that certain movies came out. And uh, also, why does Zach own this? Where Zach will own the most, you know, Zach does. He owns some really ridiculous things. And um, you're like, why? I'm always like, why do you own this? And then we'll, we'll kind of <laughs> kind of dig into that. Um, or sometimes it's like, why do you own this? You know, it's, or it's like, hmm, why... Why do you own this? You know, the various levels of, of why one would own something. Take on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they all convey different, you know, levels of incredulation. I don't know if incredulation is a word. Incredulence? Yes. So we'll also have that. And then maybe, you know, some special, you, you can get a special voicemail yourself. I mean, it's very exciting. Uh, a, lot, a lot happening leading up to launch. So stay tuned for that. And we thank you uh, for your consideration. Because we love bringing the show to you, and um, yeah, and we really, really appreciate your support. And then one other thing to note is that we've kind of been doing um, fairly recently these events on Clubhouse, where we kind of all get together as retro creators, whether we're uh, '80s, '90s, '70s podcasts, musicians. Everybody just goes on Clubhouse. We kind of all collaborate. We talk. We've been kind of doing it in kind of a soft launch way, but coming up in the next month or so too we'll be doing that about about once a month and we invite you to join us and we wanted to put all this out to you today because it's obviously a lot to unpack in a good way and we thought well let's not do our typical episode let's let's put one of our faves at the end of it uh so so in order to like kind of hook everybody in and so you're like okay i'm listening to matt adler and i'm also finding out all this great exclusive news so for all you great listeners out there we're rolling towards the end of year two with some great stuff that's going to keep pushing us forward into the very long future renewed energy and very exciting you know there's just a lot a lot of things happening um we're hoping to offer you guys like exclusive opportunities and and things like that too so I feel good about where we are. I'd love to love to launch into this bad boy. Matt's rerun is waiting impatiently. Matt's probably saying to himself right now, guys, you said this was your favorite. Why didn't you just get to it? Well, 
without further ado, here's Matt Adler. Matt Adler, thank you for being on $2 Late Fee. That is me. Thank welcome, you welcome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to have you here. This I'm is... really excited to be here. Oh, I will say this, uh, for my first ever podcast. It is? Oh, oh wow. Then this is really yeah. an honor. We it were is. already honored, but now we're really honored. Well, yeah. And uh, I was told there would be, you know, no math, no, <laughs> you know, and that it wouldn't hurt. Right. Well, the, there are a lot of math podcasts that are circulating. Math surprises, I should yes. say, where you go on a podcast yes. and they're suddenly like, what's 49 times 15? Exactly. Like, Whoa. I've I was heard of not those. prepared for I've this. heard of those. So that's good that, yeah, there's no math. We there's got no it in writing. <laughs> there might be a live crossword puzzle, though. We that's might fine. do that. That's fine. All, any English-based yep. testing is fine. Did you bring Language. a number two pencil? No. Okay, sorry. Our Scantron is loaded in the back. <laughs> Very good. The Scantron, there's the, the pressure to not C. go outside the lines. You're like, if I go outside the lines, it's my void. college career is over. Mm -hmm. I could just not get into school. And I'm like, That's well, it's right. a Scantron. I read it wrong. Just put C for everything, and you're bound to get a certain amount right. I think I yep. learned that in the movie Summer School. Yeah. Where I was just like, yep. just go, 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 go. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for being on our show. We're, uh, yeah, I, 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 Dustin and I were, as we were getting ready for this, we were talking about, okay, a lot of movies that you've been in that we are huge fans of. You know. Well, thank you very much. You you happen to be fans of movies that were made in the decade when I was getting hired to do movies. So <laughs> that worked out well. That was good. Well, you you were and you were born in L.A., right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Valley Kid or yeah, Valley Kid grew up in the West Valley, Woodland Hills. Oh wow! And uh, I've lived all over the city since, but I always wind up back in. The Studio City area, I just love it. And you've seen a lot of changes then, obviously. In the oh, past. yeah. North Shore, actually, one of the L.A. premier theaters was the, the Studio City Theater that became a bookstore. Or, you know, yeah. It became a Barnes oh, & yeah. Noble, and then a bookstore. It used to be an actual theater, and it was beautiful. And I, I was like, this is so awesome. This is my neighborhood, and they're putting my movie in my theater. It was really cool. Oh, now that's cool. Uh, it it was cool. cool. Yeah, it's a little bittersweet, obviously, and ha knowing now it's a... Well, even if it's a bookstore anymore, or if it's yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. A, still a bookstore. Amazon bookstore. What do they have now? They have Amazon bookstores, and I'm like, I don't. Right. Get is it a Barnes and Noble? No, it's a bookstore. It's, whatever it's, it that. Is, okay. Whoever it is, owns. Okay, it is that. A it's literally a bookstore. Yeah. yeah. Well, when they do the uh, bookstore, bookstore, you know, the 30th reunion or 40th reunion. So, uh, didn't they do one? I feel like I was just at one. Well, John, well hey, Zach's got a story. Well, okay. Fun fact. Okay. Um, I met you um, about 10 years ago. At the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica. Arrow Theater, right. My Teen Wolf one or North Shore North one? Shore. Okay. Because my wife and I were getting married later that year. This was maybe eight years ago. Nine years? Yeah, nine years ago. Um, and we, uh, I had my bachelor party there. And my buddies and I yes. all dressed up in Hawaiian shirts. I remember. And I remember meeting you guys. Until you said bachelor party, I didn't. And I was thinking, <laughs> I'm never going to remember this. But I remember that. Like four guys, five guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. do remember. And, and John John Philbin said, you know, he's like, you're having your bachelor party here? <laughs> and Nia, Nia Peebles was like, oh, that's so sweet, you know? <laughs> and I think you were like, hey, do you want to get a picture? I'm like, yeah, can I get a picture? Do you have you? a picture? Do you have that picture? I don't have that picture pulled oh, out. Oh, I know. Man. That would have been, I, I, yeah, that would have been the closer moment yep. of yeah. that story. I know, yep. and I crashed and burned. Like, mm. Actually, I don't know. There's, there's a photo somewhere that exists, and I never got it sent to me. 
It's it's in a it's in one of those video montages. Was it things. taken on film? Yeah, I think it might have been on a snap. No, with Yuck. a camera. Yuck. With a camera, it might have been a flip phone. A camera that did not work as a phone. <laughs> yeah, right. That's weird. Anyways, it was you know quite a quite a little while back, and uh, and here we are full circle now in our yeah. studio. And yeah, I want to get in. We want to get into North Shore. We want to get into Whitewater Summer, which is honestly one of my personal fun favorite films of all time oh that's so awesome it's really yeah because I, I and i've I just a lot of we were reminiscing about it we went into a weird rabbit hole yesterday on the phone and i don't even know why i, I was talking about uh, uh just you know that i haven't seen it in a while but you know basically the fact that the movie seems to have been marketed as something that it is not like where I, i'll just have to show you the poster but and then maybe i you know our audience can't see it but it's basically you know, it's like Sean Astin, because it's Sean Astin starting in the present when he's a cool, grown-up guy exactly. telling this story that yeah. shaped his life. But they're marketing it as like, you know, uh, he's like a guy who's just so cool he doesn't give a damn. And you're yeah, like, what? Exactly. That's not what it is? Well, this you, you have to know, they, they did that all afterward. And I can't remember why they felt like they needed this bridge to yeah. explain. And I can't, I, I, I can't remember. I mean, I, I remember... Well, first I have to say, being, you know, I'm 53 now, and I look back on, like, I, I, I don't have the same kind of attachment to movies or my movie life or my acting career that I did, like, for a long time afterward and didn't look back on those movies with the fondness that I do now. Yeah. I, it's so, it's very... Uh, I have a sweet spot now for all of those times and all of those movies. And it's That's great. probably just part of being an older person and, you yeah. know, looking that, you know, back on my life with more uh, sweetness and, you know, sort of melancholy and bittersweet about lots of, you know, good times. And, and that was, and just thinking about that movie is a very, you know, it's my first big, really like, that was a big deal to get that job. It was it was a big film, and it had a, a really, in my opinion, at the time, a, a big cast. Yeah, you know, and Kevin it, was huge, just huge. coming off of Footloose and Quicksilver or whatever it was. Maybe Quicksilver was Quicksilver, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, he was as big a star as there was. So to get to be in a tiny little ensemble cast like that for me, was just a huge break. And Sean coming off the heels of Goonies mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and being the hero in Goonies. And then Kevin kind of, the way they, I remember seeing trailers as a kid marketing Kevin almost as the villain in this film. But then when I w saw the movie, it was a different story. Well, he was, I mean, the movie originally was called Rights of Summer. It was okay. this sort of mm. coming of age story through this traumatic event that happens, this They've sent yeah. their kids yes. into the yes. woods with a sociopath, a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. And it, that's not the though? marketing <laughs> Right. Well, so, so here's the post. I just want to pass this over to yeah. you. You can sure, see this poster. I remember. It's very tiny. I just, we couldn't. It's like, I have to what say, is we were that? all like, yeah. are you kidding? That's me? the movie? That's. Right. Yeah, because so you were saying those yeah. scenes with, uh, for those people who haven't seen the movie, it, it Sean Astin uh, is, he looks like he's maybe 13 in the movie originally. Yeah. And then they have these scenes later on. 17, 17. maybe, whatever. Yeah, because he has braces. teenager and yeah. sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. kind of attitude. And, and I always felt as a kid watching that, and I didn't really understand movies at that time, 
but feeling like they added that on after the fact. Totally. Yeah, and it it there are plenty of movies that do those types of things where it doesn't feel like that. Yes, that, this right. was so clearly designed to look like it was fixing some sort of problem, and I can't look back and remember why they felt that was necessary. Right, like who at the studio was yeah. like, this is not registering. Exactly. You know, and for our audience, just just to understand, so it's 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 a movie about yeah, a group of kids who go out with an older counselor, an older experienced whitewater counselor, played by Kevin Bacon. His name is Vic. Mm-hmm. And I just always, you know, leave him alone, Vic! Vic. That always <laughs> echoes in my head. Leave him alone, Vic! Because uh, Vic is very mad at Sean Astin, because Sean Astin is always oh, so defiant, even though he's kind of not, but he's just a kid and whatever. You know, yeah, go on this trip, as you said. It's a, it's a, it's a trip of uh, just a summer adventure down Whitewater Rafts. And the movie poster that I passed to you says... It's just Kevin Bacon and, and a very cool arms crossed John Aston going over a canoe, a waterfall in a canoe. And it says, the strong don't give up, the tough don't give in, and the cool don't give a damn. And it's like, no, <laughs> uh, no. Just hearing that, like, is, I, yes. I don't even know that I read that right. poster. That's <laughs> absolutely horrific. Yeah. And, like, and, and, but and, that's a classic, this is a classic studio story. Okay. So from what I remember, this, this movie's budget was right up there with like, you know, I mean, maybe it was a 15 or $17 million movie in 1985. I yep. mean, it was like, it was a big budget yep. movie with uh, Columbia Studios. Yep. Yep. Okay, so during the, I mean, I can't remember if it was actually during shooting or right after shooting, wholesale firing of like the entire head office of oh. Columbia Studios. <laughs> wow. So they're out. New regime comes in, and as they are often want to do, they just broom everything, yeah. whether it's in the can or not. Like they just waste money; they just throw it out because it's not theirs. Yep. Well, somehow, this thing got a new life in this studio, and they Thankfully. sent us to New Zealand yep. to go reshoot this bridge crossing sequence. It's a great scene, which is a great scene, and that was a great investment because yeah. that was so much more terrifying than what we shot in California. The reason we went to New Zealand was because it was already now dead of winter here, and we had to okay. go there to shoot summer. Where in California did you shoot We were shot all up in the um, Shasta City region oh. and the Eastern Sierras, John, uh, Great uh, Quincy, California, the okay. Crested yeah. Butte. Um, absolutely, I mean, breathtakingly beautiful. It was really mesmerizing type of, you know, that sort of beauty on the McLeod River. I mean, we were in heaven because I love that sort of thing. So, but we were supposed to shoot starting, we were supposed to start in like late July and shoot three months. We didn't even start until like mid September. So it is absolutely freezing at some parts. And we're swimming in these creeks that are 50, 48 degrees all. And we're just, you know, you see us playing in the water. We are literally chewing on ice cubes. So that we're not breathing out, fall, you know, like oh you know, steam. Oh my God! They're snow, melting wow. snow off the ground in certain scenes. Yeah, because yeah. you get snowfall yeah. early. So up we're there. shooting in you know yeah. last week of November and first week of December. <laughs> yeah. White water summer. summer. Yeah, movie. We there. I have, I have pictures oh. at home. Oh, I should have. Why would I? Well, for the uh, follow up. Yeah, yeah, for the follow up. I will. We have pictures of of us off camera in these huge down parka <laughs> standing by these space heaters like and then it's jackets off and running in and shooting these scenes in our 
you know, shorts and t-shirts. Yeah, because that movie, it takes place during the summer. <clears throat> you guys are wearing your, you know, cut-off jeans, short shorts like one does in the 80s. And uh, mm-hmm, you yep. had a sweet, uh, you know, um, kind of down jacket, like a denim jacket that I was always a big yeah. fan of. And yeah. I, I wanted blonde hair as a kid. And I, sure. you know, and I wanted that whole look. And I thought your character, you were like really tight with Vic, your character, Chris, is really <laughs> like buddies. Like you've been down this road before. Yeah. And, and as I was a teacher for 15 years, I taught kindergarten. And, and now as a, as a dad, I see that camaraderie that a young kid has with an adult where you look up to that person and you're like, wow, that person's God. Yeah. I want to be like that person. Yeah, and you look like the younger version of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. You had the long hair and the whole deal. And I remember as a kid, I'm like, that kid's cool. And your departure where, like, you were, you finally stood, stood up to him, you know, and you're like, that's enough. I'm like, yeah, give it to him. Come on, Chris. Be the man to <laughs> save it the to day. Him. You know, and then it cuts to Sean Astin. He's like, let me explain what's going on in this scene here. Where he kind of breaks the fourth wall yeah. and he's talking to the audience. And I'm like, no, 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 no yeah. get rid of those things. But going back to the nature, like, I, as a kid, there weren't many movies I would watch all the way through credit from the beginning to end, but that was one of them where I wanted to see where the filming locations were because as a kid, I'm like, I want to go there. Yeah. I want to have a whitewater summer. I want to be the one to go on that bridge. There's a bridge in Vancouver in Victoria Falls, which is one of the highest suspension bridges in the world. And at the time, in the 80s, they didn't have, it, it wasn't that rickety, but it, it didn't have any barriers to keep you protected. It was just straight across. And a lot of people would fall to their death. And there yeah. were like monuments for all these people. It's now been since reinforced and all that but as a kid i did that and go up to vancouver and i'm like oh, i'm in whitewater summer and i have i want to listen to iron maiden somewhere in time and then get my tape player thrown against a uh, against a tree like vic does and then i want a counselor to chase me aggressively <laughs> and yell at me and maybe and i'll be left over out in the woods in the rain and <laughs> yeah. maybe die yeah. i but want that experience i want that cutting crew song to play when i'm having my <laughs> montage in the wilderness right. and that was the other thing too the music in that movie was so good from Bruce Hornsby in the beginning yeah, to yeah, Journey yeah. at the end. It's yeah. just, and that's the thing about our podcast. We talk, we love, not only do we love movies from the 80s, but we love music from the 80s, yeah, soundtrack sure. specifically. And certain montages pop in our heads and these moments where we're like, that fuels our energy, whether we're at the gym or whether we're working on a project or whatever. Well, it goes right to the base of your young brain when you're, you know, that's why like these movies for all of us that you see them at these impressionable ages, they burn a much deeper groove in us. I think than when you see things as an adult, like you're like 13, 14 and all of that, like who, who am I going to be? Yeah. Who am I going to be? And we start to watch movies and there's such a glossy version. So much of the time of the life of, of what's possible for a life. Yeah. And you're watching Kevin Bacon. You're like, man, that guy's, He's cool. I mean, look, I was I was 18 doing that movie, and I was mm. thinking of my looking at Kevin Bacon, going, "That guy is cool, man." <laughs> like, you know. So, but when we're like that, I think it is those ages of like 13 to 17 or 12 to 17, where you're so impressionable, yeah. and when you see those things, they stick really hard. And the music that you hear, and so when, anytime you hear it as an adult, you're like, it just yeah. rockets you back. Your part goes like this. You can't run, you can't hide, you can't run, you can't hide. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait till I point to you. Wait till I point to you. Ready? Now, if it's love that you're running from, there's no hiding place. You can't run, you can't hide, you can't run, you can't Love has problems, I know, but those problems we just have to face. You can't run, you can't hide. 
now look back on those movies with a fondness but yeah. at the time it, you were blowing through because that w- during that period you had this like kind of catalog of movies from like 84 to 80 I think 88 or so yeah right? 88 89 maybe and and was was um was Teen Wolf or was it Flight of the Navigator was the first one that Teen Wolf of- was first okay. actually Teen Wolf was uh, the first movie job I ever got. But did did you always want to be an actor when you were a kid, or? Um, no. I mean, I really, I when I was growing up, I had a lot of really typical male. I think was archetypal type. You know, I was going to be a baseball player. I was going to be a fireman. Or sure. I was gonna, and uh, by the time I was like fourteen, I was a very serious tennis player. And um, I sort of had to make a choice of whether or not I was going to continue to pursue that. And I didn't have it. I didn't have, I wasn't quite good enough and I mentally was terrible. And so mm. I, I started surfing and hmm. that really threw a wrench into any other type of study of any kind. Surfing became a total immersion. Really? And yeah. And then, and, and the surfing lifestyle, which is accompanied often with a lot of, drug use and alcohol use and that was kind of the road that I went down so really high school I took a play production class the drama class because it seemed easy really it really just seemed like a fun I guess thing to do and I knew a guy in it so I took it and I found that I really liked it that being on stage and especially comedy doing something and having people laugh with you was a really powerful sensation for me. Um, and uh, I just kind of kept doing it. I really didn't know where it would go. So the next year I, you know, did it again. And and then my dad or my mom suggested, you know, why don't you take a class, you know, somewhere. So I did, and I went and studied at Lee Strasberg Theater Institute in L.A. And, okay. You're in the right um, location for it, certainly. Yeah, and, and, and I really didn't know anybody else who did it. Like, I didn't have any friends who were actors oh. professionally or okay. a family member. So I didn't really know what I was doing in terms of... Well, you guys, this is how naive I was about it. I didn't think... Like, I was doing plays, right? Live mm-hmm. theater. And I'm studying theater at Lee Strasberg. And I didn't know that people who did that also did TV and movies. I thought they were completely separate people okay. who didn't, you know, like I, I really <laughs> sure. didn't think that they did the same thing. Like that acting, what I was doing at these classes and what they were doing on TV were different. Well, I think- I didn't it, understand yeah, any, well, that makes anything sense. about right. it. Right. Yeah. Or what an agent was right. or like, like that there was a way that I could do that. Yeah. I it really was kind of promoted no that way though because when we were kids, TV actors were TV actors. Theater people were theater like that. That's I perceived how it, it the yeah. same way. Yeah, that's kind of how it's. Uh, I perceived it without any stigma. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, when I course. got into it and, and understood, oh, the movie and the TV thing is a stigma thing. Yeah, I just thought it was just they were just separate. 
maybe you had to have yeah. a license for one and not the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. You so, could be an EMT, but you can't be a firefighter. Exactly. You get it? My dad was both, but that's so. <laughs> so well, that's now that's a worthwhile. Career. <laughs> I mean, if you like that life-saving thing, sort of. They yeah, don't give awards for that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Well, they should. I mean, that's just you know. That's just what you do. You do. You it. just save lives. What everybody gets a trophy now? Is that the way the culture? Yeah, that's right. Part? You, you, you want a participant lives. ribbon because <laughs> you yep. saved the lady. Yeah, because yeah. you saved the lady who jumped out of the house. Yeah, great. Good job. Is that what you needed? <laughs> Everyone needs yeah. a medal. So how did that lead you to Teen Wolf? So uh, I did a play, and this <laughs> it was kind of a strange, like the people that were in my class were some children of some very famous people. There okay. was like Chaz Bono was a oh. was in the class. So Cher was like a stage mother. Right, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Eduardo Ponti, I don't know if you know that this he's Sophia Loren's son, so uh. she's like a stage mother. So when we actually do wow. this play, it the audience is like a star-studded group. Like you know, shares bringing her friends, and you know, yeah. So it's. Did you feel pressure at that point? Or did you not even know who that was? Did you not care? No, I knew who Cher was okay. for sure. But I had already at that point, I'd been to her house. So like now I knew her as a lady. Like right. as a like, person. I know what snacks like, she serves. Exactly. I'm very I know the dog's name. Yes. Yeah. You know? yes. I bought Girl Scout cookies yes. from her. Yeah. Right. Right. So, <laughs> but this woman, her name was Susie Bono. She was Sonny's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, introduced, said I, that I should meet this agent. And again, I didn't know what an agent does. And so I went and they started, you know, sending me on auditions. And I went on Teen, uh, Teen Wolf Audition. I had done an episode of, what did I have done an episode of, gentlemen? Tra- Trapper John. <laughs> wow. I was going to say, because wow. you got the connection with we, Gregory we Harris. Yeah, that was going to be a question. Oh, did you yeah, meet yeah. Chandler but before? I did. You must I have. I did, yes. and he did not remember. Ah. Because he was... In his, you know, having his own life at that point <laughs> of, the, right. of the 80s. Yes. Did he, and, pre- uh, did he pretend like he did remember you? Did no, you and I, okay. I I think I probably said, hey, I met you when I did it. Thing. Right. But Just like I did with you, but I didn't have the photographic evidence, just like you didn't have the time <laughs> Well, I, if I had if said, and I brought a bachelor party, <laughs> party to, to the, the set, set. he might have remembered. Yeah. Right. Because I was guy. 16. That was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I believe the character I played in Trapper John M.D. was named Matt Adler. Oh. I may have that wrong, but I, w- I think that, or they, and they may have changed the family name in the script from because my name was Adler, but okay. I think originally that character's name was Adler. It's listed as Brian Christopher, but how oh, dare you? Interesting. How dare you contradict yeah. me on live <laughs> sorry, television? Sorry. Right. How Using information you. from the internet, no less, that we we just wrote, and I just wrote in Brian Christopher <laughs> as we were talking to, to thwart him. Uh, <laughs> Fun fact, Brian Christopher is a, no, never mind. I was going to say it's a favorite of mine, but. Oh, right. A favorite name. A yes. favorite name. Is that right? Boom. No, it's not. No. But, you know, I just want to make it right. So, uh, <laughs> so I got, I went on an audition and I really, here's a fun fact that you won't know, <laughs> Mr. 80s geniuses. <laughs> there was a movie. He's got an earpiece and the live, they're, they're going, his name is Brian Christopher. Brian Christopher. Yeah. They're feeding yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jim J. Bullock in my ear. I wanted, I was auditioning for this movie and I had gone on several callbacks, and I wanted this thing so bad, and it was called Just One of the Guys. Oh, we love One of our that favorite movie. movies of okay. all the times. Yeah. So, oh, and why did you want that so bad? 
because first, this was first, a, one. first of all, this was a big part. The brother of the lead girl, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 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 buddy, right. buddy, buddy, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I think it was Brian J- Billy, Billy Jacoby. Yeah. yeah, it was Billy Jacoby. Billy Jacoby back days. then. Yes, yeah. Who was like uh, a bit of a rival for me? I mean, uh, like by this time I'd been auditioning quite a bit, and like you start to see, uh-huh. like, oh, we're all the same guys going for all of uh-huh. the same parts. And he was one of uh, my nemesis. So I got that job, apparently. Okay. I was sitting in one like a third or fourth callback, and this producer walks out of the room and looks at me and says, come on, are we going to hire this guy or what no! already? Okay. And I was like, okay. I don't know, are you? Are you? Oh, got it. So yeah, I leave. In a good way. Okay. And I'm tell- I call my manager, and I'm like, "We're. I got to, here's what he, blah, 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 blah. I'm buying luggage. I'm going on location. Yeah. That had never yeah. happened before for me. I was right. like, this is awesome. Yeah. Meanwhile... While this is going on, I have gone on a couple of auditions for Teen Wolf. Okay. I've gone in to read for the casting director, and I think I went in and read with Jerry Levine. Yeah. And maybe Michael. I can't remember. And you'd think I would remember that because he was he was a big star already, right? Yeah. And you were always reading for the role of Lewis. Always Lewis. Okay. And, and so Lewis for the audience is, is yeah. Maybe I like did. A... Yeah. Maybe I read for Styles also, but okay. I did go in for a callback, and I know I was reading for Jerry that he had. He was already Styles, I believe. Okay. So there. Yeah. So there are three friends. It's yeah. Michael J. Fox's character Scott. There's Styles, of course, and then there's you and the, yeah. the three friends. Correct. So you read it for So, I don't know. The end of that day, or maybe the next day we get this call that it's, you're not doing just one of the guys. I'm like, mm. I was like, what? how is that? Yeah. What do you mean I'm not there. doing that? Yeah. That guy <laughs> said that thing yeah. about me. And how many times yeah. have we heard that? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, you're perfect yeah. for this. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I had, the like, time. there yeah. was no reason to think that. So I guess what happens yeah. is in these rooms is that guy wanted me and the director maybe or somebody else wanted yeah, somebody a fight, else. A fight occurred. A fight ensues. Yep. And then Billy Jacoby ends up getting yep. that job, yep. and I'm like, I am so down. Yep. I am like, it was brutal, oh, brutal man. And we love Billy Jacoby as an actor, and, and he's been he's had some very memorable roles, but you know he didn't have the lead role in North Shore. <clears throat> so, yeah. I'm just I harbor no ill feelings towards. <laughs> no, Billy but what you're talking course, about at but that at the time, time yeah. at the time that was a devastating right. thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And the next day. This is at the start. Uh, I had gotten this. I had gotten word that I had gotten Teen Wolf, and I was like, "Okay, oh well, all right. I guess I'll do this Teen Wolf movie." Yeah, I really right. wanted to. It was not be the guy yeah. who scratches my balls, and now yeah. I get to be the guy. Yeah, who's and gotta... I wanted to like you know be like because Joyce Heiser's going to be rad, yeah. and and she is. Yeah, she's rad. She's a great sure. person. But you know, yeah. Michael was pretty rad. Is she radder Jerry's than Michael J. Fox? Is yeah. she radder? You know? Jer- Jerry and I became. Very good friends for a very long time. and I uh, ran a summer camp at his house. <laughs> you ran a summer camp? Like, for like for Matthew? Or in, for... in Malibu, for his daughter. Oh. That's another story. This is weird. A summer camp? Wait, yeah, like t- a day camp. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard you say. Same summer that Michael, J., uh, Michael Jackson died. Same summer. 2009? Yeah. In 2009, Wait, you ran a yes, camp at Styles' house? For Michael Fox or for Jerry? For Jerry. It, Explain this. So, explain so this I was this. running a summer camp yeah. uh, at a parent's house, and meaning you were coming up with activities. The kids yeah. that were coming out, running he had a rented a house in Malibu for the summer. No, he, he had a he has a home. He, he and his wife. His wife, okay, Nina. Yep. yep, and they have a home out there. Okay, and uh, and 
they came to pick up the kids one day, or Jerry did. He's like, hey, do you do you guys want to do this at my house and at the beach uh, tomorrow? And I'm like, really? And the kids are like, yeah, let's do it. I had no idea. He walks in. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even know, you know, his daughter. That was he was the dad. And I'm kind of having a moment where I'm like, yeah, because look, I, I've 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 I was a teacher for 15 years down here, working at schools where a lot of industry people were a part right. of it. It was not a big deal to me. But there's certain actors that would stand out. I'm like, oh, I'm a really big fan, you know. But I would never just say that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, he walks in. And I'm like, well, it's Styles, also Iron Eagle, and like, you know, yeah. having my moment. <laughs> and then he says he's being super cool. He's like, do you guys want to come over to my house for for to do the day camp in Malibu? I'm like, okay, sure. So we just caravaned out there one day, and we were there all day, and it was fantastic. It was a wonderful time. Um, a couple days later two random kids show up this summer camp and uh, they were the nanny's kids of the family that we were host, uh, hosting at their house. And we were in the backyard of this field and one of the kids was poking a stick oh, in the ground. And he's like, I go, what are you doing over there? First of all, I don't even know who you are. Right. Second of all, what are you doing with that stick? He's like, I'm just poking in the ground. I'm like, you don't want to poke your stick in a hole because you don't know what's going to come out of it. Fun fact for every kid to know understand in life. Next yeah. thing you know, his little brother who's ne- next to him starts screaming, and he's covered in hornets. Oh, <gasps> And the rest of the kids start freaking out, and they all start getting bit. I start getting bit. I run over to the kids, and I'm pulling the hornets off their head, crushing them with my hands, and I tell them to run. We run down the hill, past the tennis court, past the pool, into the house. The hornets chase us. This is 100% fact. You can check with Jerry about this. I run into the house. I'm killing hornets, like stomping on them with my feet. Kids are screaming. I'm pulling them off their bodies. We were barricaded in the house because the hornets have chased us in. Holy I killed, shit. literally killed 30 hornets. One kid got stung 13 times. Oh. One of my good friends. He's oh now a friend of mine, Simon. And, um, and I have to call the parents one by one. I'm like, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. They, everyone comes to pick up their kids. Everybody's fine at this point because hornets, even though there's a very small amount of venom, it just right. hurts, you know? Uh, parents come get their kids. <laughs> like I'm so sorry, I had no idea. They bring a uh, exterminator in. He finds the hornet's nest. It's this. It's the size. It's the size of a large football, maybe a rugby ball. Oh, over, over hundred thousand hornets <gasps> in this thing. They said you're lucky that. And none this of, was it in the ground. It was in the ground. Oh, and this sticking, kid was. Sticking. He just basically punctured punctured a hole into that it. Nanny's kid. That kid did not get stung once. <laughs> of course not. Now is probably a good time, Matt, to tell you that every episode involves a really traumatic story from Zach. Sometimes he's Some, almost kidnapped. Right? Sometimes a gang. I mean, they're all true, of course. Yeah. Today it's a Hornet story, which I've heard the story, but I did not know what happened at Styles. I mean, backyard, that makes it which really, makes it yeah. Well, it wasn't his house. Really it good. wasn't his house. No, it was, it, it's house. A, it was his. Come on, <laughs> it was at his house. He was responsible. That was really 100,000 Hornets. Yeah. I will check. I'm going to talk yeah. to you. Have a Ask nice, him about the Hornet story. This is the greatest uh, reason, excuse to call him. I haven't talked to him in a long well, time. Well, there you go. I got <laughs> yeah, this great story. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, so, my yeah. God. So, Nothing uh, that exciting ever happened with me and Jerry after that, the filming of the movie. I'm going to say that that happened on Teen Wolf. <laughs> no, really didn't. <laughs> But but going back to Teen Wolf, sorry for that. I tend to do this in my in just in my daily well, life. Listen, that required that story. It did require. Like, that I ran a day camp at Styles House. Like, Absolutely, what? yeah. Uh, there was a very natural segue. It was not like a name dropping no. thing. No, I didn't mean no. And the fact that I've heard the story without that name drop yeah. in it. And really, the it's thing like, is, is that it's your podcast. It's not. 
it's about you. Yeah, but you're it's our, our podcast. I will it's, say it's all you, of us collectively. No, no, I will no. say you it want, is. You want to ask Jerry, uh, and I won't tell it on the on the air, but you'll want to ask Jerry the John Mayer story about his son. Okay. If you don't know it, it's a really hilarious. story. I don't know if I do. Okay, so. I'll tell you off air. Um, Named Matthew, Jerry, it's Matt. How are yes. you? I'm I'd working. like to think, by the way. Yes. I'm just saying. Named after you. I'd like to think so. Well, I would like I've to think. I've often liked to think so. I would, I would yeah. like to think that every Matthew in life is named after you. Yeah, even yeah. the ones that came before me. Yeah, even I, the Dave Matthews Band. That's right. I believe is that's right. named after you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so Teen Wolf was a your first kind of big experience yeah. being on a film. Yeah, I had no idea. Some A list actors had no idea what I was doing. Really, I mean, like, what's what's a mark? Like, I mean, I did that one episode of of Trapper John, but yeah. I'm in a gurney that entire episode. Okay, by the way, like I never. No walking and talking. No, so they've got me driving the van or driving a car. Yeah. I just, I was lucky I made it out of that thing alive and that I didn't hurt anybody or run anybody over because they just let me do it, you know. Really? So oh, you were yeah. driving the van and. Yeah, I mean, they let what, like, what you see is what you get. There was what the stunt driver when Michael and the stuntman is on top of the van. Yeah. yeah. The wolf and he's you were not doing backflips. No, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, all other. It was the '80s, so like you know, anytime like they could put an actor in the real stunt situation, they would. They yeah. would. That really was a giant leap of safety it, things amazing. that happened. Amazing after and the '80s contracts <laughs> not not signed. I you know your character in that movie is interesting because, um, you know, watching it as a, as a as a kid, I was always like. Why don't you friends with Scott anymore? You know, like I was, I was upset that yeah. you didn't like him anymore. Yeah, yeah, people have a real. It's it was surprising to me. People really reacted to that character being. They always come up to me and they're like, "You were scared of the wolf." <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you but, were the one who was scared. But having said that, like if I turned turned right now and Zach was suddenly a werewolf, I think I'd be a little whoa. You Agreed. didn't tell me you were a werewolf. It makes sense. It like, makes sense that somebody might not be cool with it. With you being, with the, yeah, with the teeth and the eyes and the growling and the killing. Yeah, and the kill. It's the, right, but it's, is it? But this killing. It's the murdering. Right, because it's the question mostly. of like, are you murdering chickens? Yes. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Like we don't werewolf. know. Werewolf. You're a like, werewolf. Like it's a. Most movies yeah. depict this as a as a terrifying creature. Yes. yes. So this, this was one of the first that made yes. it into a comedy. That's right, and, and, and where a werewolf com- can come up with his own dance. <laughs> yeah, totally. A lot of movies, a lot of werewolves don't do that. No, well, and Styles is the opposite of of Lewis. Yes, like the complete opposite. Right, he's like exploiting the wolf. Sure, he's yeah. merchandising the wolf. Yeah, he's you know it's a marketing opportunity. His best friend is now can, is super athletic. I guess when you're a werewolf, you can excel at any sport, as we've learned. Apparently, um, apparently, yeah, yeah. You have really great balance, mm-hmm. and, and as you said, you can dance. Canine can DNA, dance. I guess, is some yep. very important for athletics. Clearly, yep. yeah. They my, can catch balls in their mouths. My mouth dogs and... are really athletic, and I'm very envious <laughs> of this. I'm like, wow, wide receiver. My dog, I don't like wide receiver. Yeah, well, I mean, she's old now, <clears throat> and she's not as fast. But the point is, yes. Yeah, so, um, so I, I guess I'm saying, I. I Right now, I don't necessarily disagree with you about having like a friend who, because on one hand, you're like, oh, well, you're just abandoning your friend because he's a werewolf now. Like, that's not cool. But like, he's not, he's not really treating you the same way, number one. No, he's getting he's, cocky. Well, because he's yeah. groovy now. Yeah. Like, he doesn't right. need Lewis. So yeah. he's kind of a dick. Yeah. 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 There's so, definitely a point in that movie where he is kind of a dick. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think everyone agrees. Yeah. Boo agrees. Boof. 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 The best you name know. for a character as we've. Just, 
What is Why? that? I don't what? know. I don't ever if I talked to what's his name, Jeff Loeb, about it. Like, yeah, is, Je- it, yeah. Like, is it short for something? We we I don't remember. About this. Well, but I know that this you, question. Has you should come talk up. to Brett Kavanaugh about boof because he <laughs> apparently he knows what boofing means. Farting. Yeah, like, apparently yeah. it's farting. Right. That's a whole okay. other story. So, <laughs> I, you know, the, I know that almost at every, like, I've done a couple of Q&As at screenings for that movie, and it always comes up, and I can never remember the answer. People always ask you about the name? Yeah, people, yeah. they ask Jeff or somebody yeah. there about like, the name of the this name? character. Well, you would think and Jeff think Loeb, is the, he's the guy who wrote the movie. He yeah, should know. he would know, <clears> and, and I think he does yeah. know, and he does tell the story, yeah. and yet no one, I think it's like this thing, like, no one can remember. It's like almost like the... Men in black, goes, poof, poof, yeah. and like hits, and no yeah. one can remember it. Yeah, her name is Boof, which and is I love odd it. because he just keeps having to answer the question. Maybe he's right. If he didn't do that, he wouldn't have he to say it. He set himself up for a life of answering that question. <laughs> Maybe that's the yeah. only thing people want to ask him. So, not about commando. He wants it to be an endless. You know, it's the only yeah. interaction he has with other. Well, humans. It's not about his work with Marvel or anything like Maybe, that. Maybe so. I don't like know. if some if you know if anyone has a baby and they're like, I named the baby Boof. You're like. <laughs> Okay. Uh, What's it short for? Please yeah. tell me. What, it's short it stand for, for something. Jane. Yeah. Well, best came... overreaching. <laughs> it's an acronym for something. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, I, I a booth came out around the same time that uh, I I knew this kid named Duff, and I was like, Duff is such a weird name. That Duff makes sense. Booth. But it Duff, didn't to me at the time. Duff though. makes sense. But Duff, it's just it's the. It's I was the, like, is that uh, short for Duffel? It's not alliteration, but whatever the no. vowel sound, yeah. the long ooh. Yeah. And boo and poo. It's like, it's all bad. If your yeah, name was Duff, bad. it's like, cool. Doof. It's not doof. Yeah, it's not doof. Yeah. yeah. Let's, be on, let's be clear. Yeah. It's not doof. It's not doof. <laughs> Rough segue, but uh, <laughs> Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. <laughs> well done. So so you you went directly. So so Team Wolf was a big success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, somebody had a genius thought, hey, let's wait till they release Back to the Future. Then let's release Team Wolf. Like they were, yeah, because they came they out. Were, hey, we can figure this. Uh-huh. Out. Yeah, we felt uh-huh. like it's I was hard like to run a studio. Team Wolf came out. Uh, <laughs> it was it was an older film. Like it yeah. felt older to me because yeah. Michael yeah. J. Fox looked yeah. a lot younger. Yeah. It was he was doing. There were some days. This is insane. He was doing Teen Wolf. Like he was doing f- Family Ties in the morning, coming and doing Teen Wolf, and then doing uh, Back to the Future oh at night. I mean, God. it was like a cocaine fueled like insanity. Oh. <laughs> Had to be. Yeah, because be. how else can you survive? Yeah. He was just like, and he handled, he did yeah. it. He, he did, did it yeah. like a champ. Like Bless a champ. And, and you, so you went from, how did you get that role in Flight of the Navigator as as Jeff, the younger brother slash older brother yes. in, in a weird way? Yeah. For those people who haven't seen it, I won't spoil anything. It's worth checking out. It's amazing. Yep. It's another one of those um you know, movies like, as you know, especially since you're such big fans of movies from this era, that there was a there was just a different tone to '80s movies. I yeah. mean, there was a it totally. really was before the there was, and I'm not saying they're better or worse, but it, it, nostalgically, I guess there's just a a much more uh, a a sweeter sense in a lot of these movies. There's always some heart there's always yeah. you know and it was before edginess had its day it was like before things had to be cooler before things had to be um rougher and more 
real, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, I mean, I th- feel yeah. like the River's Edge was the first movie that I remember. That oh, yeah. Was, I love River's Edge. Yeah. Every, and we all did, and we all wanted to be in that movie. Yeah. We all oh, really? were clamoring yeah. for those auditions. But that was like a really dark teen movie. Yep. Really dark. Mm-hmm. Totally. Darker than anything, I think, that came before it that I remember. I sort of remember it in that order. But, yeah. But anyway... Um, I'm sure Zach will find something to correct you with. But well, uh, I was, I was, I was going to say Over the Edge, but that but that's yeah. kind of an un, unknown film. Uh, the Matt, Matt Dillon, Dillon movie. yeah, 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 Matt Dillon. But but yep. River's Edge, I don't think River's Edge would have happened if it wasn't for Over the Edge, uh, in a sense, because Maybe. it was this kind of. Well, it might have been Razor's Edge is the one you're thinking of, the Bill Murray. Uh, oh no, I'm thinking uh, of Over the Edge with with uh, right. with uh, Matt Dillon when they're <laughs> in the subdivisions. I thought we were just talking about only just Edge, edge movies. movies. It's, yeah. The Edge with yeah. uh, the edge Alec Baldwin and... Uh-huh. Uh, the Edge of Tomorrow was uh, uh, in the future, but... Yes, yeah, yes. Very good. <laughs> okay. Edge challenge, go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but back to... What did you want to know about Flight of the Navigator? No, I was... So, so, so you... Was the, how did you land the role in Flight of the Navigator? Was that one of those I just auditioned for and I got the role? I sort of feel... Oh, I know exactly how I got it. They were already shooting... Uh, in Florida, and I don't know if if possibly somebody had dropped out, or they had just not cast this part yet. They had not yeah. found, and I put it on video, and it was sent, and I got the job. So I flew. Bingo. I had never Love met. That. I hadn't met anybody. Wow. I had just come home from doing Whitewater Summer. I had just come back from the Sierra Nevadas doing that movie. Okay. And uh, I flew directly to Florida and did that movie. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and uh, met some great people. Howard Hussman and uh, Randall and Sarah. And it, was, it was great. Well, you had a great. connection with Howard Hussman later on with Amazon yeah. Women. Well, on the he's responsible for for me getting that part. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I love it. He uh, he was going to do that movie pretty soon after, and he recommended me to. Uh, I guess it was to. Um, uh, not the one who directed Sound of Music. <laughs> they have the same name. Uh, what was it? I'm gonna give Bob. Bob. Come on. Well, Joe Who'd Dante. You, was Joe Dante was, was one of yeah, the directors. Yeah. Um, uh, Bob Weiss. Bob Weiss. Yep. Right. Robert Wise directed the Sound of Music. <laughs> yes. And I kept saying Robert Wise, and people were like, "I don't think Robert Wise directed your segment <laughs> of Amazon Women on the Moon." Well, we, we had uh, on our on our so. on our Instagram, we we put out a little thing saying, "Does anybody have any questions for Matt?" You know, as we go on, and oh, we cho- cool. chose a few, and this guy uh, Daniel Garcia, Danny, he, he's a big fan of Amazon Women on the Moon, and he said that the condom scene with Kelly Preston was hilarious, and so I hadn't seen that movie in a while. Yeah, and I watched it the other night. And I had never made the connection that you are George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. That is correct. <laughs> I don't think that was a mistake. Yeah. Clearly, it's intentional. <laughs> but as a as a kid, when I watched, because it came out in '87, mm-hmm. uh, and I love It's a Wonderful Life, but I didn't really start watching that until I was in my late 20s when I was starting to date. And I'm like, oh, this is a great, you know, romantic, huh? Yeah, yeah. Movie, you know? Uh, romantic I don't comedy. think I, I, I think someone yeah. had to tell me what the character name meant. I mean, right. I think I, when they said, I was like, oh, cool. Whatever. So, yeah, I, did, you didn't I really didn't really care, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it didn't really. I had no nostalgic connection to that movie, no. and still don't. It's yeah. a very memorable no. scene, though, where you're you're buying condoms, and it's like I, there, there's a few moments. Merry um, Christmas, condom store. <laughs> That's <a> great. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. I'm gonna wrap a lasso around that condom, and um, uh, you, 
that summer of forty two mm-hmm. was a great, you know, I need to buy some rubbers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But 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 yours, it's it's like a five minute scene because it's a series of vignettes in that film. Yeah. And, and um, was that? Did you enjoy making that? Oh movie? my yeah, it was a blast. It was hilarious. Also, by the way, my first ever on screen makeout scene. Nice. Was with Kelly Press. I mean, if so you're gonna make I, out with somebody, it's come on, pretty good, right? She eighty seven. As far as first makeout requirements after, go, after mischief. A plus. Damn. After mischief, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, before Kelly. twins. Before and a lot before of before John Travolta's yeah. marriage, let's, let's <laughs> move on. But I was going to say, moving on, <laughs> moving on. It's a very fun scene, though. Yeah, it was great. It was love, and Ralph Bellamy. I mean, and yeah. there was something kind of awesome. I think that movie was like his hundredth film. Ralph Bellamy. Yeah, something you mean, like that. I mean, for those people that don't know, he's a legendary actor. Uh, he, we talked about him in in Trading Places mm-hmm. as <laughs> Randolph. I think was his name. Or oh, um, we did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We did. And he's he's, he's so yeah. classic in that, but. But yeah. you're having this great, awkward teen moment. Look, Violet, why do you say we go park out by the lake? My glands are out of control. Well, okay, Georgie. But are you prepared? I've been preparing myself for 17 years. That's not what I meant. Pull over to that drugstore. Georgie, make sure you ask for Titans. Those are the best. Hello, George. How are you? Hi, Mr. Gower. I I didn't think you worked nights. My uh, night man took sick. What can I do for you? We're having a sale on shaving cream. What am I saying? You're not old enough to shave yet. I've been shaving since March. See? Hey, I better call your mom right now and thank her for the preserves she brought over to our... Not now. I mean, I I mean, don't bother. I'll give her the message for you. I bet I know what you want. You do? Sure, I was young once. Licorice sticks. They came in fresh this morning. Mr. Gower, I'm 17 years old. Already? Seems like only yesterday your mom was in here buying talc to powder your little bottom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, tube of toothpaste and a box of nuttons. Toothpaste and what? Box of titans. You have to speak up, George. Titans. I want a box of Titan condoms. <gasps> George. And to think you were an altar boy. I remember buying condoms at a Long's and like putting them amongst things to yeah, hide, to hide them. them. And it's always when you buy them, they have to like make a big deal out of it. Price check <laughs> on <laughs> condoms. I think yeah. she might have said, you sure you want these? And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, and I want the squirt soda, and I want the Swedish fish. Right? It's I'm like, having a party. It's like yeah. the last American version. You know what we, you use these for, right? Yeah, yeah, you fill them with water and throw them off the roof. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's right. Last American, was that Lawrence Monison? No. Last American Virgin? Yeah. Well, we just had Diane Franklin on our show talking about Last American okay. Virgin and, yeah, yeah. and that being a canon film and with those, canon. Guys, yeah. with those guys. Yeah. Sure. You know. but, uh, but yeah, so Amazon Women on the Moon is a fun Fun scene, yeah. and fun vignette, little moment for you. <laughs> yeah, because it was a, the sequel to essentially Kentucky Fried Movie, which yeah. people, mm-hmm. you know, really responded to. And I think that it wasn't, I don't think Amazon Women on the Moon was as good, but there were a couple of vignettes in there that I thought were really funny. I mean, it was the first time I think anybody had seen Arsenio Hall. Yep. Or, oh, or very, yeah. very early on Arsenio Hall. Um, uh, Griffin Dunn. I mean that that. Uh, I love Griffin Dunn. Yeah, 
Really uh, good. About, no, what is it? After, After Hours. Hours is After one Hours. Of my favorite movies. I had a camp Absolutely. at uh, Gryffindon's house uh, once. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to get attacked by bees. Yes. Yeah, no, it wasn't <laughs> bees. It was attacked by bats. There were bats in the attic. I will tell you that that's my five-year-old, one of my, his favorite stories to tell about me. Oh, yeah? Well, do you know my dad killed hornets with his bare hands? At, uh, at Styles' yeah, house? Styles. <laughs> so, so did you film North Shore after Whitewater Summer? Oh, yeah, quite a bit after. Okay. Yeah. Because they all came out around the same time. We're I know. Talking it was like wild. 87, 88. Yeah, but yeah. I started, I think I shot, we shot North Shore in 87, came out in 88. Whitewater Summer started in 85. That's crazy. So that's why Sean Astin looks 13. He really was. 13. Yeah, with the braces yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was like, I think him and Jonathan Ward were maybe 12 or 13 <sighs> when they got to shoot that movie. And you were 18 when I you were I was just 18. Yeah. yeah. And Casey Martell, I think, was the same. We were the same age. And you did look older in that movie. <clears throat> and, and yeah, just to go back, because I love that movie so much and I love your character so much. There was so many, it was such an adventurous Fun coming, coming. Oh, and to be clear, we're going back to Whitewater Summer. Yes, just to, just to follow along because it's you know. Thank you for refereeing. You not this. you know. Sometimes when I'm listening, I go, "What? Do we? It was it clear? <laughs> Did we understand happened? what? Yeah, we're talking about Whitewater Summer. This again. is my brain. I go all first over. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Well, what? What is your? Can, am I as a guest? Am I allowed oh, to ask, ask questions? As many. We okay. encourage it. We okay. welcome it. I love and to be asked questions. What? No. Like, what do you think it is that is your fascination with? 80s movies like why is that your thing oh he's really thinking about I'll it. leave this the room oh, if you need first? a moment I don't I thought he was looking I'm at like, you. Both he was of you the both of you I okay. know the answer I, I, I know yeah. the answer I I grew up I was a latchkey kid so I was raised in front of the TV right and uh, riding my bike to the movie theater <laughs> the first experience of being able to do things independently was going to the movies and being exposed to these I, I just loved drifting away to another world. I didn't have a lot of friends. So I, and I love playing with my toys and, and reenacting things. I just love, and I love to draw. I love all those creative outlets. So films for me were, were an escape. Mm-hmm. So watching Whitewater Summer being 12 years old at the time or yeah. 13 and totally relating, wanting to be Chris, but understanding that I wasn't, I was, I was actually, I wasn't even Sean Astin's character, you know. I, I was, I would have been one of the outliers. Mm-hmm. I just want to kind of go along with everything, and I wanted that experience. I wanted to go on that journey. I wanted Vic. That's why I was so. I I wanted to think that he was a good guy at the end of the day, which I feel like he is. I feel like it's just disconnected. He was on a power trip, and which happens to a lot of teachers, a lot of educators. They get into this power role, and they think, oh, I can, you know, I can dictate who does what and when and where, and you become God essentially to these kids. And for me, it was an escape. Like, oh, I'm going to go on that adventure. I'm going to go to North Shore and surf, you know? Mm-hmm. I can be I can be the the Daniel LaRusso and overcome the odds and become the champion at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. I can do all that stuff. And that was me wanting to be that character. I moved from Michigan to California in 84, you know? 3,000 miles, cross country, new start, didn't know anybody, awkward phase, all that whole deal. Mm-hmm. And this was my escape, you know? I think the 80s, too, are, they're just lousy with movies like that. Like yeah. the whole awkward teen overcoming, becoming. I yes. mean, it's like it's like there was not a better decade of film for you totally. to feel that way about yeah. and watch movies. Because, like you, I mean, you mentioned all of them. 
they, 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 yeah, this sort of triumph over um, loneliness, triumph over awkwardness, triumph over feeling not a part, you know, feeling left out or not as good as. Like the 80s was just all about teen, you know, triumph, teen triumph. It was. It was, it was, it was overcoming the odds. Yeah. Against all odds. Against the odds. What makes me think of Jeff Bridges? No, no, against the odds. The time that Phil Collins and you ran a day camp. There was a movie, Francis Ford, The Outsiders. Oh, yeah, The Outsiders. What year? When was that? That was 81. I actually don't know, but that sounds right. I think it's 83, actually. Yeah, I think it was before. It feels right. Like that, I think, I sort of feel like that's the movie we all were trying to get. Like, yeah. after yeah. The Outsiders came out, it was like, when? what's the next one of those? Because yeah. that's the greatest, that was one of the greatest movies I'd ever, like, that, as an actor, like, you just knew, oh, that's the one you wanted to be in. And that's, w- that's the one that. We all should you, have been in. Oh yeah, for sure. And every single one of those guys. I mean, were you approaching it more like, you know, oh, I, I wanted to be in that movie, or just more like, um, you know, that that was just such a a beautiful story represented all perfectly. It. It, I mean, it, it was yeah. all of it. It was like the <sighs> to be an actor in Los Angeles at that time. That was the pinnacle. Like that had everything. It yeah. was a tremendous story. It was the epitome of cool, yeah. the way that it was, the, the, the timeless sort of era that it was yeah. depicted in. Like, when was that? Like, as you're watching that movie, it's like the tones in which he, and it was the most famous director. And it was yeah. like, the, it was, because in those days, like, it really mattered who you had worked with. Like, yeah. it was career making to, like, if you went into uh, and your resume had, you know, some those directors on it, it mattered for the job that you were auditioning for that then. Yeah. Like people, if you worked with so and so, then you were a cert- of a certain. You know, you got hired by Francis Ford Coppola, or you got you know David Anspaugh, or any of these like guys who were directing those movies at the time. Peter Weir, like it oh, mattered. Yeah. Sure, it yeah. mattered. Sure. So, not not Lloyd Kaufman. <clears throat> I was in class in Newcomb High. Toxic Avenger, class of Newcomb High. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't understand that either, but no. that was, yeah. <laughs> That's my point exactly, though. But it though. felt good. Yeah. No, but that idea that, you know, so it's funny you say that because I'm, I'm, I have a, a kid that I work with who's 10, and he's reading The Outsiders right now, the book. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that at 10. Life changing. Wait, 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 wait. You have a kid who's 10? He's, uh, I, have a, I have a student I tutor. Okay. Who is 10. I was like, wait a minute. I don't know if I would have understood that book at 10. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because it's also 10 in 2020 versus 10 at 1986, which is when I read that, or 85. And um, I said, well, you know, contextually, it's a totally different time. Yeah. But he's really engaged with it. He's like, this is fantastic. I said, well, if you like that, as you get older, you'll want to read The Catcher in the Rye, a separate piece, all these great stories, but see the movie as well. Like that's one of those times where you read the book, you see the movie, and actually, it it is a culmination of these these lightning in a bottle, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah, for sure. And I can imagine at that time in eighty four, eighty five, when you were just getting started, 
watching that and going, I want to be, I should have been oh, Pony Boy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you look at the resume that everybody went on to, and they did mm-hmm. fantastic, you know? Yeah, every one yeah. of them. Yeah, everyone will. But I, I want to go back to you talking about this time when, like, you made a movie at, at this time and then didn't come out till much later. Mm-hmm. As a kid, I didn't put that together, you know? Right. And here right. you are making Whitewater Summer, and then another movie comes out, and you're like, wait, wait, I. But I did that already, and you know I had long hair then, and short hair, whatever. And then you go on to make North Shore mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. Um, so Randall Kleiser, who directed Flight of the Navigator, yeah, was producing the North Shore. Okay. So after we finished Flight of the Navigator, some months later, I can't remember how long actually, he contacted me and he asked me, "Do you surf?" And I said, "Yeah." And uh, I'd been surfing since I was, you know, 13 years old, and my room at home had been, you know, plastered with surf. You know, it was my whole my my whole other life outside of at working as an actor was about going surfing. This so, is like a dream job for you, then. Well, believe me, I was like, I'm not gonna <laughs> invest too much in this because yeah. this is too like. So he he yeah. sent me the script, and you were I kind read of it. cynical at that point. You had been yeah, I was like, like oh, I know how this goes. Just so, one of the guys I had, yeah. So I, I read it, and I was very excited about the prospect of it. And he said, but, you know, this guy really needs, this actor really needs to be able to surf. So will you go make a video? I was like, absolutely. So I went, my friends, you know, I mean, we were making a video, too. It was like big video camera, oh like, you know. <laughs> and uh, I went and filmed myself surfing, and I sent it to Randall. And he was like, wow, you really surf. Like, you can turn. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I really surf. <laughs> and uh, so apparently they wanted to hire a, a surfer, a pro surfer, a kid in Hawaii, like who... As Rick Kane? As Rick Kane, like who could... Like they wanted him to do all, you know, all the surf scenes. They wanted an authentic, you know, surfer. So they found all these kids. Also, you know, they found all these like incredibly good looking like kids, you know, who were like, you know, Go up and coming surfers, and I think that you, everybody was excited by that in terms of the marketing of a young handsome guy. Yeah, and Universal ultimately would not okay the act. They, they couldn't. They weren't. They were having trouble finding one that could act the part and do the actual acting part. Okay, so sure. That's why I got that job. I mean, that's why I had a chance to get that job was because they weren't. Universal wasn't going to okay. A non-actor. I don't see so, anybody else yeah. playing that role. I mean, you. you know. Well, thank God. I mean, it was me. Yeah. So yeah. you yeah. know, how, where, however it shakes out in the world of getting acting jobs, like when you originate a part, like it's yours for better or worse. Right. It's you, and so yeah, nobody can be retained but me. Well, we talked about when John was on our show about how how Dustin and I were both saying, you know, Rick was kind of a Rick, Rick was kind of a dick to yeah. Turtle. Like he treated him really poorly. It happens, and 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 it is a coming, you know, a come kind of turning around. You just have this attitude and edge about you, and and he was being very diplomatic. He's like, yeah, well, we are like, no, 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 hold on a second. Like we were saying that he just went so above and beyond, you know, for for like Turtle went so above and beyond for Rick. Like, welcome, I'm going to introduce you. And yeah, then who's you're, giving him the time of day? And, Nobody, right? And then you're suddenly like saying to Gregory Harrison, like, well, you know, your art kind of sucks, and we're like, <laughs> dude, you just got here. He's offering you like a job you know like who's this guy like, you know i could do a better job because i'm going to art school no. next summer. like uh rick i can really draw yeah 
I'm sophisticated because yeah. I'm from Arizona. Right. Yeah. I will say, and I'll and I can show you later. I, I make notes for my son every day, mm-hmm. and he, um, they're pretty detailed. They're very detailed. They're they should be in a gallery. like like what like notes like hey I'm leaving have a great day type it's, notes. It's but, in his but lunchbox. In, okay, in his lunchbox. I've been making them since he started preschool. Right. So that was. Couple he's years ago, forty now. <laughs> yeah, he's, yep. he's graduate school. Like, exactly. He's, he's running Universal Studios. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he still yeah. packs his own lunch. Yeah, I tell you, he loves notes from his puppy. <laughs> so he, I, he did. Be, he was started out as five, and then he became ten. You see, in the course of the story. Yeah. yeah. So he's and really he just keeps jumping. Yep. He's reading the outsiders. <laughs> Incredible. Yep. But I made literally. We're going up to almost five hundred notes now, and I make, and they're pretty. Yeah, like Destin said, they're very detailed. And um, he, when when he knew I was interviewing John Philbin for our show. And he knew who Turtle was, and he wanted to watch the clips. And he, he's like, who's that guy? And he said, that guy's name is Rick Kane, and the actor is Matt Adler. And I want him to understand that the movies are movies, and there's all actors and stuff like that. Right. You know? And so I put 80s characters in his notes because he knows who they are. So I did a note of you with Turtle in the background holding Chandler's board or whatever. And, and he's like, yeah, I like that surfer guy. And I said, yeah, I'm going to interview him in a couple days. He's like, oh, cool. You know? <laughs> You're going to interview Rick Kane? I said, no, no, his name's Matt Adler. And We'll watch that movie when you get a little bit older. Right. So. I mean, the tough part is his son knows nothing about current uh, pop culture at all, but he's the right. perfect 80s five-year-old. He so, also thinks that his yeah. dad knows, like, all, all of these the people. characters. Yeah. Right. Characters right. are real. That his dad you know, lives in his mailbox, yeah. in his uh, lunchbox. <laughs> they do. That the notes just appear. Yes, they do mar- yeah. magically. But th- but um, I was going to say there's a guy on Instagram, uh, Al Albauco is his name. Albauco. He uh, asked if there's going to be another North Shore sequel, and I'm sure you get that all the time. People are people want to know, and uh, there was over the years a couple of different. I don't want to say serious rumblings about it, but there were rumblings about it. Um, my feeling, actually, and I actually said this to Randall not too long ago. There was a screening of Flight of the Navigator, and um, at the Egyptian. That's right. Yep. Were you there? No, I was not. But How dare I was you. out of town. I was How out of dare town. You. I'm sorry. I RSVP, um, but I did not go because um, I didn't get uh. first class status. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he talked about it, and I just said, "Please," I said, "Let's not, let's not make another one of those yeah. movies." Like no, you it don't has, need to. it did its thing. It is yeah. its own, and all you're gonna do is like cheapen it. Whatever, yeah, uh, whatever magic that thing had yeah. or has, yeah. or like whatever made it what it is all a sequel will do is is blur that feeling it's it did like, it, it has done that pretty much for every single uh drama that has had a sequel yeah maybe you know? not godfather okay yeah maybe yeah. i mean but any sort of coming but, of age fun film but anything you're going to remi- remake you know 30 years later 35 years later yeah i would say that the only know, time that it happened Karate Kid Part 2, I think, did a pretty decent job mm-hmm. of that. But it was not Daniel's journey. It was Mr. Miyagi's journey. You know? Empire Strikes Back was pretty good. Okay, yeah. There are a few. But, there are but a that few. wasn't 35 years after no. Star Wars. No. You know it, what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no one wants to see this Rick Kane. We do. <laughs> we do. Well, <laughs> you know I will tell I mean? you, when you, when you say goodbye and you say I'll be back at the end, it gets me every time. It gets me every time. And it's not just you saying that, but it's, it's John's reaction. And, and, and Nia's reaction when she's like crying or whatever. Like, and they kinda, start laughing. Yeah, yeah start yeah. laughing, but kind of, I feel like they're crying at the same time, you know? And it, oh, it just gets me so choked up. And then that Journey song is Happy to Give is such a phenomenal, <laughs> like, we, we talked about the episode actually where Happy to Give, that song, 
there, uh, talk about another amazing soundtrack for a movie. Talk your '80s. I mean, you know, pseudo yeah. echo and yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, and Gary Wright. But then that Journey song at the end, just like again, your film it finishes with a Journey song. Whitewater Summer finishes with a Journey song. Happy to give. Wait a and, and Team Wolf finishes with a Journey song. What's happening? No, no but Team Wolf did have some great. Maybe songs. my life ends with a Journey song. Ooh. We'll see. We'll see. Are, Team Wolf ends with that like shooting for the moon song or the piano. Like, yes. I don't have it. Did were you a fan of eighties music? Like, were you a music? Yeah, or? yeah. Um, I wasn't as much of a fan of that straight up new wave like pseudo echo type stuff. Like even like the early Oingo Boingo stuff. Like not. I was much more of a big NXS fan, mm. uh, REM fan. Um, I just started to get into like Elvis Costello and, but, uh, you know, yeah, still like a little soft sell and like some of that, like, you know, super new wavy 80s stuff. Yeah, for sure. Oingo Boingo, Just Another Day is my favorite song of theirs, but that's, yeah. a, that's a killer song. Do that's people, a great song. I, I, you know, I imagine nowadays people can like surf with like earbuds in. And, but, right? But no one would ever like put a Walkman on and go surfing, right? No, I you don't would, know that, that I've... Seems Seen somebody surfing with earbuds yeah. in? I don't know that I've seen that. Did Seems you? like very impure or something. But like, well, but also, the technology of like a, of like wireless waterproof yeah. music is not. It's new. It's fairly yeah. new. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I now swim with like a waterproof uh, iPod. Oh, really? But that's a that's a n relatively new thing for me. Like, oh, that's the, cool. The, yeah. But do you, but you do you still surf now? Yeah, but I don't. I would. You would I never. Would, you would never never, never take yeah. that surfing. Never, because it's never, like never. like your meditation would be like well, and also like you're so you've done it so long, it'd be weird to just I don't know. It just doesn't seem like yeah, yeah no, yeah. like like part so much of the is the sound of it is yeah. you know you wouldn't want to block out that sound. I know? think I think I was turned off to sports as a kid uh, because I didn't have that running soundtrack going through my head while I was playing the playing the sport. I'm like, wait, oh how where, oh where, maybe they don't have that in Michigan. Because in, in California, <laughs> all sports come with a with a montage. Sound. Yes, as they should. Every kid See? gets a montage. Should have done that. That's, yeah. that's an LAUSD thing, I think. That yes. title right. nine was I think every kid nine. gets a montage. I think you're right. Um, there that's was there was so we we were talking about the movie Dream a Little Dream and how we've seen that movie, I don't know, countless times, and we're like, but did we really like that movie or was it confusing to us? But there's a guy named. Uh, he, he has, Phantom Cardboard is a company that makes movie versions, uh, like baseball cards, of his favorite movies. Oh, so he's wow. done ones for like Bloodsport and Fast Time to Ridgemont High, right. and they look like old school tops baseball cards. Yeah, but they he takes the images from the movies. They're phenomenal, and he's a huge fan of Dream a Little Dream, <laughs> and he just was wondering if that film holds a warm place in your heart. Well. <laughs> It absolutely does for me. I mean, there was, like, I got to be a, you know, like a badass guy. Yeah, I got yeah. to be, like, yeah. a cool guy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh... Dumas. Dumas and those jackets we wore and that. I mean, yeah. it was all right. really... Yeah. It was very cool yeah. for me. Mary the Salinger's like, in it? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah I met, I met right. and, like, who would become my uh, my ex-wife in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, married uh, Rhea Pavia. Yeah, that's right. It's a kind of an odd... Met. Jason Robards being in that too. Yeah, and Harry Dean and Piper Laurie. Uh -huh. I mean, yeah. there's some legends in that movie that yeah. was made it very exciting. I remember before I was going to North Carolina to shoot that movie, I knew I was I knew I had the job and I knew I was going to do it. I ran into Harry Dean Stanton at a 
grocery store. Okay. And I was like, that's awesome. I can talk to him because we're going yeah. to do the same movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so I cool. said, hey, uh, my name's Matt, and I'm, gonna be, I'm in Dream a Little Dream, the movie in North Carolina. I think you're going to go, or you already did. I don't know. And he, I, think he, he, I think he said, Ugh. And then I said, um, <laughs> I said, I, uh, I play uh, Dumas. I play, you know, the bad guy. And he goes, you're going to learn to hate that fucking title. <laughs> and he just walked Jesus. away. That was it. You know where the Captain oh, no. Crunch is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, I was fine with it. I was like, That's have a nice cool. day. That was, I didn't even get that. He just was like on to the green peppers or something. But <laughs> yep. I yep. remember just going, hmm. Well, that's about right. Yeah. I felt about right, <laughs> yeah. you know, for Harry Dean. Uh, I love yeah. I love moments like that when you're like excited to share something with somebody oh, that, like yeah. so random, you're, you know, and you're <laughs> like, oh, I, so I did that thing that you saw, so and we're going to, and it's like, oh, hey, yeah. uh, anyway. And then they walk away, and you're like, Pass yeah, it's like we like, just never, you never learn either because yeah. you'll do it again. Now, of and course, then someone will just go, it. Can you hold this? It's got a lot of my snot in it. Right. You know, because like, right. okay. you All do right. that hoping that it's going to happen in a positive way down the road. It never does. No. It almost never works out that no. way. Yeah. But so, that movie right. does have a phenomenal cast. Yeah. And it was a phenomenal super soundtrack. Fun. I mean, I, I also, and you'll, you'll fact check me on this, but I think I'm the only person to beat up both Corys in one movie. I think I'd that's like, true. Oh, like that's to, interesting. I think that you should check on that because that's who uh, license to drive. Did they? Did anyone beat them up? No, uh, I think Corey Corey Haim does, but but and then in Lost Boys, it, they don't get necessarily beat <laughs> no, up. and not by the same stuff. person. No, that's good that's stuff. the key. That's the key. I so took them that. both down. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Did you have a relationship just, with them outside of that film, or was it uh, a, a little bit after the film with Corey Haim? Um, I loved him. He's such you know? a talented actor. Yeah. I loved him. Yeah. And it's just a sweet, really a sweetheart. Sweetheart. And just, I mean, you can't, uh, you just never know. It's, it was just a shame. Yeah. Like, he was one of those guys where he, he just, he was annoying and he was too much of himself most of the time. Like, too much of a good thing sometimes, yeah. but infectious and just like a goofball kid, just a goofy, yeah. lovable kid. And um, I miss him. Well, you, you survived the 80s. Yeah. And when I say survived, I mean that in, in, in the literal sense, um, because there's so many stories you hear of, being a young actor and having so much fame and then crashing and burning and, and you've had, you know, those, some issues come up and you've dealt with it, obviously. I was really lucky. I mean, I, the biggest difference, like the difference is that I was sober before I ever got a good job. As yeah, an actor. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was already sober. So that surfing done, culture kind of started you on that one path. The process and, yep. From, yep. 13 to 17 years old, you know, of drug and alcohol abuse. Yeah, and I was I'm really good. susceptible to, I was a really, um, like really s susceptible to all things that were cool and that I was supposed to be cool. And what am I doing? And, um, what are all these cool guys doing? And so I just, you know, I got to the point where I would, I just, I would eat or drink anything. And so yeah. I did. And, well, by the time I was, like, in the middle of, like, 12th grade in high school, I was done. 
done. That's amazing. Yeah. Knowing that now uh, has no relevance necessarily, but like your who you were on screen always like resonated with me because those roles just really, I just felt like, I don't know, they were just so well written for you is Mm. what I'm saying. Well, that's very, I guess that means that they cast it well. They did. You know what I mean? They did. They cast it for what they, I'd like to take credit for those, but I feel like I can't. But you maybe, can on our but show. my wife would well, tell me that I should because you know. on Trapper John, when they named you after the oh, you, that's that because really... it was the casting was so perfect, and then they renamed the whole family. And they knew, they just knew. Brian Christopher. Brian Christopher. <laughs> this is a rough segue, but you got into like ADR work, right? Yes, loop groups. That's yeah. right. That's and for right. those people who are not, I always familiar. say loop groups like that. By the way, that's why let's go loop groups. Whenever someone says ADR, ADR I go loop group. That's yeah. how I say it. That's how you weird. get. That's how you get into loop yes. groups, right? You just go loop group. Like, Stand Whoa, around. He's got something. Yeah. My my voice always cracked when I tried to do it. That's maybe that's why I haven't gotten into it yet. Right. Um, <laughs> I, Billy Jacoby was up for the lead. You know, he he ended up getting. No, what am I saying? I don't loop know. groups. It always goes up. Too yeah. High. No. <laughs> that's uh, see. But so so. For those people that don't know what ADR work is, mm. can you just explain that? Sure. Um, you know, whenever you watch a movie or a TV show, um, any scene where you see a lot of extras or a lot of other people or a, a TV on in a bar or a cop walks in, he's got a radio on, like there's all these sound effects that have to be put in later. And one of, you know, many of the things that they do require actors to go into a studio and put voices in the mouths of the people on screen that you see Mm -hmm. because on screen they're not actually talking because they have to preserve the quiet on the set for the dialogue of the principal performers so those people in the background are typically not speaking but they're moving their mouths and they're faking like they're talking so we go in and we put voices in those mouths we put the announcer on the football game on the TV set in the bar, we do the radio crosstalk for the police and the fire and the rescue and the helicopter pilots and the, all the stuff you hear is the mostly it turns out being a sound effect. You don't pick out individual stuff very often, but we also replace people's voices, replace actors' performances that they don't like, that you know producers don't like at the end of the, you know, we may replace that performance if it's a smaller you know part in a you know when they started shooting a lot of stuff in canada and they would have this new york city cop station and this actor would come in and say what's this all about you know <laughs> we, we would sometimes yeah. fix that you know in in the post so we would do a lot of voice matching mm-hmm, you know yeah. hearing a voice and picking the person in the room is going to sound like them and most time, no actors really ever know that they've been, you know, right. a word has right. been put in here yeah. or there, you know. So I got into that from a friend of mine who did a lot of it. Um, and uh, it's a very niche type of job. Like a lot of people would like to do it. It's hard to get into. I was very, very lucky. I'm also, I happen to be, this is one of those things in life where you just never know sort of where you're going to wind up. I happen to have a real talent for this type of work it's a specific it's very type specific of muscles set. it really is you have to be a super fast improviser I, because no one tells you what to say you're not yeah, reading any right. lines you have to be comfortable speaking believably at a wide variety of topics i mean i've got to go in and do hunt for red october so i have to be 
facile talking about being, you know, being a crew member on a yeah. nuclear submarine. Wow. Yep. And then I have to go be uh, at a dental convention and be talking believably about being a dentist. Like, you know, right. the, the variety is astounding that you have. But it's more about how you sound, that you own, that you own this thing that you're talking about. That's more important yep. than saying the right terms or the right, and it's a and a lot of people can't do it. It's, it's no, you know, I actually, I I guess I would say I did like a loop group like auditing or something like uh -huh, where I was uh -huh. you know in the room and I was so impressed by the by the group because it was like a, it was like a Christian Slater, you know when Christian Slater had like a million like every, gleaming every, the cube every, or no. <laughs> Cuffs. This is not 80s. Wasn't cuffs? <laughs> this is actually in the last Pump maybe the 11 volume, years. Maybe. 11 years, Chris Slater had like a new procedural uh, TV show on yeah, like yeah. every Robot six or months or whatever. And yeah. this is like a Boston police precinct. And yeah. it was like, no, you got to not only. And we, accents. We got to yeah, have yeah, the yeah. accents. We got to have the dialects yeah. correct. And we also have to know what we're talking about if we're in a police precinct. We got to throw out our codes. We got to know yeah. what's what's going on. If the phone's ringing, how are we going to answer that? You know, Right. So I was, you know, and they were just throwing me in. And I was like, whoa, this is these aren't the muscles that I've used in like ever. Right. Um, so, yeah. So it was it was great, though. I was so impressed. Do you remember so. who the group was? I don't. I, it was, my my friend was the was a sound designer, so I I uh -huh. I'll need to I'll look it up after we're. It's possible. There. It's possible. I was in the room with you. Were they, they the Fruit I, Loops? I don't so. think you were in the room with me. <laughs> okay. I feel like it was. There was like one guy. It was a very female dominated group. For some oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'll, I'll I will look I'll look it up after. Um. Yeah. So that uh, turned out to be something that I could be, that sort of at the the. Like I'm at, I'm at the top of my field. Yeah. That, and I yeah. And I'm really fortunate, and I get to work. A lot, and I don't have the. I don't have about uh, probably fifteen or so years ago. After I had done uh, a movie called Diving In, and um, it really started to slow down for me. I was not. I was. I was just having trouble getting work. I was no longer any sort of fresh-faced new kid, and uh, for whatever change in the landscape or who. For whatever reason, I was not able to. Um, I just wasn't getting the jobs that I wanted to get anymore, and I was losing the ability to visualize that I was going to get a job. Okay, like, it became more and more difficult for me to believe mm -hmm. that I could go to an audition, get called back, then go get called back to the studio, then go to the network, and that they would actually choose me. Like, yeah, I was having I was having a lot of trouble with that belief system anymore. Like I just wasn't seeing it. And um, I think that if you've lost that, you probably aren't going to get those jobs. Uh, maybe, mm. maybe they're correlated or maybe they're not. I don't know. But, and this thing came at a really good time and I was, um, I was bartending for money and I was working in a, a adolescent rehab hospital for money. And um, this really allowed me to be an actor still and once I sort of took my ego out of it, I, it was really the right, a really good thing for me as a person in my home life, my happiness quotient, and like my life life. Well, it, it is you, you saying ego is really interesting because ego plays such a huge part in what, where we are in life. Yeah. Dustin and I, I often say Dustin is like my my sage mentor because I, or I lean on him for some advice as I'm, I was a teacher. You can see that by the way, for the people who are listening, 
You can see clearly that you're a mess, <laughs> and he keeps the thing. You know, John I mean? said the same thing. <laughs> did he? I think he did. No, he, he said, said we, like he that. said we're both really good looking and we yeah. should be on camera. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, he is not me. You could like both he, do it. He this proves, could blow up. <laughs> it's when two dollar late fee went live. All right. That oh, things yeah. changed. Yeah, you were gonna Everything. do that. We oh, could, I was. Yeah. I was gonna do a little Instagram live. We should I do should, that. I should just do that one. But I was gonna say specifically so. about the ego because I deal with that on a on a regular basis all the time. That I think we all do in some degree. You know, I think it's just being human beings mm -hmm. on this journey we call life. Not to get too whatever about it, but uh, I was a career teacher, and then I then I became a voice actor, and it went from consistent, steady knowing what I was doing all the time to what's going to happen next. It's like being in a long-term relationship and suddenly having to start dating again. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, I thought we had a good date. Why didn't, why are we going to go on date number two? You know? Right. And this idea that what makes you happy? Is it about, is it about the perception that other people have of you that makes you happy? Or is it about your own journey being comfortable with who you are and what, and it's, and it's a struggle it's a, it's, for yeah. me, I mean, it's a struggle it's, on all the time. You know, it's like, wait, I, I want to achieve this, but I also want to be happy. But what is happiness? Yeah. Is it having a healthy house? Um, you know, strong relationship? Me being a father? You know, financially stable? Is that what makes me happy? Yeah. What is it the fame and the fortune that so many people strive for, the, the next Instagram follower or mm -hmm. whatever? And you think it, it's all about your priorities. And you found this this niche, you know, this ADR job that has been very successful for you mm -hmm. and has allowed you to show up in your pajamas or whatever, you know, uh, or like today you're half naked. And, you know, so this idea that you can go on and... He's not lying. I'm not. This business is a real microcosm of, of I think, mining those issues for people, yeah. you know. But totally. obviously we've, we've learned, if we haven't learned by now, that fame and fortune doesn't make you happy. Yeah, what well, are we doing? But but right. where there's examples of it all the time still, like you know that people seem to appear to get all the things that they thought they wanted, mm -hmm. and it wasn't enough, and they do terrible things. Well, yep. everybody we've had on this show, coincidentally in a good way, has had this kind of journey, this arc, you know, and, and going through the the ups and downs and the highs and lows, and and we're reaching the meta point where they all seem to be relatively happy with where they are in life, which is the point. And that's a part of our podcast yeah. as well is like being happy for, for where you are, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and whether the 80s, we love the 80s, everything about the 80s we love, it's that nostalgic time. But who we are now as adults and presently is, you know, being in that good place. Yeah. I mean, if, if, you're, if your podcast was about movies in the 2010s, you may not find the same, you know, you're, you're interviewing people who have a lot of distance from this time of their life. Maybe they're still famous for being an actor, or yeah. maybe they're not, mm -hmm. but they have a lot of distance from those movies that they did with a lot of hindsight and retrospect, hopefully. Totally. And if they're still alive, means they've survived, yeah. you know, yep. to this point. So hopefully they would have some perspective that would, you know, and hopefully they're happy. Hopefully yeah. they've found something in their life that, you know, happy, I don't know, it's such a bad word, happy, whatever it well, is. Fulfilled, meaningful. Happy you know. to give. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think you just touched upon something that we talk about a lot, though, which is that basically in this business, there is no linear path. It's not like you've achieved this one movie and then on to the next and no. on to the next. Sometimes it is that right. case. It's fortunate. But nothing we do is 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 
linear or make sense. And it doesn't so, mean anything that I like may not say today that yeah, I don't I can't imagine I would ever do another movie or TV show and tomorrow somebody right. I know calls me and says, "Hey, I want you to do this little bit in my thing." Yeah. And it turns into yeah. some like you just there's no Once this episode airs, you're I, I guarantee you something will <laughs> happen. We're putting out the manifestation. That's what we this. do. We put out manifestation. You, you you've spoken to John, right? Yes. He's, his yes. life is since the day much he better walked out since of he did, the day he walked it's out. True story. Of, it's a true story. Well, you know, he was like, I don't know when Undateable John's going to air, and then like the next day, Damn. I think he got distribution the trailer or dropped or something. On yeah, Amazon. it was like the next. Yeah. I don't know that that's that's and, probably us. But and yeah, Ghost how babe, could it not right. be? That's what I'm saying. So. You put it out there. Well, thank it you, gentlemen. Back. That was an absolute blast. Thank you, Matt. I really well, appreciate it. Well, we want to thank you for being on our show. That was really fun. And hopefully the next time when you're on, uh, we can do a little reunion with um, John Philbin. Absolutely. And yep. and uh, this has been a pleasure, this journey from, from A to Z. Yeah, for me too. Yeah, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeedPodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.